0: Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. And we're live. Here we go. Here we go, everyone. This is going to be a fun one, fast. Hilarious! Uh, I'm excited, full energy. The guest today, um, man, so humble to have him on here. Not only is it a, he a marketing strategist, but he is a brand enthusiast. He's an evangelist, and we're going to talk about how that fits into marketing, and talk about how video fits into marketing. He's an author of Re- "Rehumanize" or "Rehumanize Your Business." The host of a podcast called "The Customer Experience Podcast." Chief evangelist at BombBomb. Ethan Butte, how are you, sir?
1: I'm awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the invite, and um, I, too, am looking forward to having some fun here.
0: Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's have fun. I mean, the theme for today, I was kind of hinting at it with your introduction, the idea of video and the idea of evangelizing the company you work at and and marketing. How does it all fit together? And so to start out, let me pick this thing up. It's kind of heavy. Let me pass it over to you. That's Thor's hammer. So go ahead and take that. And smash for me some kind of marketing myth or some bogus strategy you've been hearing out there, or just some misconceptions that just drive you up the wall.
1: Sure, uh, I'll I will of course do it around video, uh, and I and I'll and I'll do it a couple different ways. I'll, I'll like I'll do a big smash and then I'll smash some of the smaller pieces. Yes. Um, the big one is that video needs to be expensive and time consuming, and that it requires specialized skills and specialized knowledge, and that. a a simple video like a webcam video or a smartphone video is not good enough. All of that is false. There are multiple ways to use video. Video is not a strategy or a tactic. Video is just another way to communicate your message. It's another way to connect with your customers and future customers, with your employees and your future employees, with your strategic partners and your potential strategic partners. All this It's just a way wow. to package your message and share it with another person. And so I think if we can get past this idea that I need an animated open and I need lights and scripts and editing and production and all of this stuff in order to participate in something that is so widely and crazily available. I mean, I've been with BombBomb for about a decade in full, two years part-time and almost eight years full-time, or it will be uh, in about a month. And so, you know, back when I started, internet connectivity was garbage compared to what it is today. So the idea yeah. of live recording a video is challenging and people receiving it and playing it back without buffering was challenging because our internet speeds were not nearly as good. And our webcams were very low resolution and blurry and our smartphones. I mean, the iPhone didn't even exist when this company was founded. Really? Yeah. It was like six months before Steve Jobs uh, even announced it. And of course, the first iteration, I don't think even had a, a video camera on It only wow. had photo camera so you know we've just come so far we have so many great tools available to stop relying on plain typed out text right and instead get face to face a little bit more often and so the big myth is i need to have uh i need to hire someone or i need to outsource production or this is the job of the marketing team or the creative team or the production team to get this done right. everyone in the company like if you look at bomb bomb and at other companies that have adopted video this way of course, we use it in marketing, one to many, uh, triggered and truly one to one. We okay. use it in CS, and we've seen amazing reduction in in. Uh, time spent on tickets, increase in first call resolution, increase in people filling out satisfaction forms. Of course, we use it to set appointments, confirm appointments, follow up after appointments. We do what we're doing now. You and I are doing live synchronous video. All of our sales calls are on Zoom. And we all turn our cameras on because it's all about trust, relationship, face-to-face. And so you can, if you're sitting on the video sideline and thinking, what's it like? I'm not ready to do this. You are, you have everything you need to get started. All you need is a little bit of that courage to, to be simple, conversational and casual. Uh, and people will uh, love to see you And the replies and responses. I think will be, um, gratifying to you. They'll validate the effort and they'll remind you that there's a, that this is a different and more personal and more human way to work.
0: You know, I love this and I've definitely felt or like, believed or got caught up in the myth itself because I think we all kind of understand that, you know, the best thing would be to be in the same room with someone if you can. And if you can't, you know, what's the next best thing. But I've been caught up with the whole, you know, I've had some video partners and some other video vendors who, who will, you know, they'll swoop by and they'll teach you how to use white, you know, backdrops and, and you need special lighting and all this. And it's like, First of all, there's so many details. Am I going to get it right? And then, then I got to rehearse. And then I, you know, and, and then how, and the best ways to rehearse. It just seems like such a movie. And I think a lot of marketers these days, and just people in companies, are busy. You know, you don't have time to do the the scripted thing. So it's it's a great thing to hear that you don't necessarily need that high production value movie like set to uh, to convey a message.
1: Correct. I mean, that stuff does have its place. We have. A professional on staff who shoots a ton of photos and videos, video editing professional. We have lights, we have a room in the office that's kind of a shared resource that looks a little bit like a set. The lights are always set up so you can get in there and flick it on. You yeah. know, so we do that. We the way Steve and I, my co-author on Rehumanize Your Business and our CMO and a guy that I love and we've worked side by side for years together. Yeah. Um, you know. We set on the side, we draw a simple line here and we call it marketing through video. That's marketing through video, light scripts, editing, production, uh, polish, gloss, etc. And that has its place. It's super useful. If you're already doing it, keep doing it. Um, there are more and more platforms to distribute it. There are better measurements than ever before. Do that. But if you're doing that, also consider this other side, which we call relationships through video. Ah. And if you're doing neither, relationships through video is an easy place to start. You Again, you don't need scripts. You just need to look at the touch points in your relationship with your customers and future customers and find these moments where you want to be, a little bit more impactful or you want people to feel like they know you before they ever meet you, or you want to save some time by talking instead of typing, or you want to explain something more clearly or with like a screen recorder, which we have built into many of our recording instances, right. you want to walk people through the back end of a website or a report or a document or so you don't know, want to do that yeah. show and tell. There's so many places to do this. Just like, Hey, I could have written you three paragraphs, but instead I just hit record. Here's the answer to your question.
0: Right. Right, and I think because of that method, people don't expect it to be a movie. You know, correct.
1: It, it's it's really interesting. I, I've been hearing something. I had been. I'm going back about four years now. I've been hearing stuff anecdotally from some of our best customers who are doing both. They're doing all kinds of video and all the platforms available. And they're, you know, they have studios or in their garage or their office or whatever. And they're doing video in YouTube and Facebook and, you know, an emergent Instagram at the time. And okay. all of this. And they say, you know, the videos that generate the best engagement and the best response are my simplest ones where I strip away all the stuff and I just, you know, talk to people to what's most engaging. And so I ended up turning some of that and this this burgeoning philosophy. Um, into something we called at the time the shiny authenticity inversion, and it's this idea. It's kind of like a, a, a slight update or modification of some of Seth's Go- Seth Godin's observations about the television industrial complex. You know, he he was he would say, and his is much bigger and, and more substantial. Uh, mine is a, a nuanced and microcosm of it, I think. But. It's this idea that, you know, if you could afford to have a commercial produced and you could afford to run it on network television or cable television or whatever, that, you know, that was enough to buy trust. Like, oh, these people must be super legit. They're on my TV, they're on the store shelf, and it buys trust. And what I was seeing and hearing and experiencing myself, I've sent over 9,000 videos myself, um, was that there's been an inversion that we're all so familiar with the gloss and the polish in production that we see it coming a mile away and instantly our guard goes it's the same thing. Like when you're walking a car lot and you think you're safe, just kind of looking in the windows and looking at the mileage and checking out the cars. And then all of a sudden you feel someone be lining toward you and that like that you know, you just get that sensitivity, like, all right, here comes a hardcore sales pitch. And you just want to like, no, I'm just browsing. Um, (laughs) you know, it's the same thing when the video opens with a big animated preview, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think we immediately our our sense, our sensitivity is, okay, here comes something that is packaged in in order to sell me something. And so Put your inversion. guard up,
0: right? Put your guard Correct. up because it's right. coming. Yeah.
1: Right. Wow. And, and, and we, it's, it's not necessarily, I hate these people. I'm not going to listen. You know, I played the video for a reason, probably, unless it's interruption marketing, to use another Godin phrase. Um, but it, it's, you know, it can still be good, right? I forget yep. the classic uh, advertising genius from a century ago, but it was something like, you know, people don't read ads, they read what interests them. And sometimes that happens to be ads, right? Uh-huh. Like sometimes we actually want the message. Point being though, the way to build trust now is to be more yourself and to strip it away and just be honest with people and direct with people. this is me in my cubicle or in my office or or walking down the street or safely parked in my car, never record videos while driving it's super dangerous and stupid <laughs> um, you know so so when you strip that stuff away, that immediately buys trust yeah. And so that's the inversion that's happening there. And then the interesting thing was less than a year later, Content Marketing Institute, I don't know if you follow them, but yeah. they produced a great conference, great website, really good stuff. Um, a guy named, I think his name was Victor Gamez, uh, published a piece called Visual Realism. And in it, he, he validated what some of my thoughts that I'd organized as this shiny authenticity inversion. And, uh, and he basically ran down major brands like Coca-Cola, Uh, beta brand Levi's and did a, a, like a lightweight analysis of the way they were dumbing down the quality of their photos and videos in order to become more trustworthy. In order to seem more authentic, and so here wow. we are as you know small and medium sized business owners or even mid market companies like trying to figure out how to harness the resources to build our way up and to produce this amazing glossy video that everyone's going to be knocked out and impressed by, and we you know show it to the executives and they're like, "Wow, wow, wow, I'm so glad we spent fifteen k on that video. Yeah. you know you guys are geniuses um you know while we're trying to do that chase, these multinational companies with you know I don't know what their revenue is, but easily in the billions, right? Are trying to come down market in order to be more trustworthy. And so if you're sitting on the sidelines thinking I'm not good enough, I can't do this well enough. I don't have the resources to do it. Well, guess what? The people with more resources than anyone listening to this podcast, unless you're from a fortune 500 company, um, you know, put together, I know you and I Casey put together, couldn't, you know, come anywhere near their resources. Um, you know while we're trying to chase them they're they're trying to be more like where you already are and what you're already capable of doing which is connecting on a truly human level through a simple personal video that's eye to eye face to face and far more effective in so many spots not every spot but in so many spots compared to the faceless digital communication that we tend to entrust every day with our most important and valuable messages
0: i love that i love that in the what came to mind when you were talking about that inversion I love the shiny authenticity inversion was people we keep trying to get the the cooler and cooler looking Instagram photo that looks like a professional photographer took it. The phones are getting better and better and you can get those amazing photos with you on the beach, you know, maybe not me on the beach laying luxuriously somewhere, but you know, we keep trying to get in that direction and fascinating. You can learn a lot from enterprise if they've done the math and they've realized hey we need to reduce the quality on these things then that's great we don't have to try to get there and and also that quote you had sometimes the simplest videos get the most engagement amazing i mean it's such a great that, that encourages me in the idea of the authenticity that comes from that to start doing it now that thought that kind of creeps up in your head uh, when you talk about sending those lower quality videos is does that make me look like I don't have it put together? I know it's kind of related. It's yeah. So, so do I look well, like a hack, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You tapped into this earlier, which is, um, you know, the context really, really matters, right? Okay. You're not going to, you're not just going to flip open your MacBook, hit record on QuickTime and record a video and put that up on your homepage to represent your company right? Like, but you might, if a customer inquires like, Hey, I see this and I see that. So I wonder about this other thing instead of typing out a reply or sending multiple links that when they get it, it starts to look like a homework assignment. Right. If you just instead reply and say, Hey, it is just such a privilege and pleasure to have you checking out uh, some of the solutions that we're providing for thousands of people just like you. Um, I just want to put a face with the name and let you, uh, give you an answer to your question and, and let you know that if you have any other questions like that, um, we I'd be we'd happy to answer those too. Right. In the meantime, you know, if you just want to jump on a one-to-one appointment, happy to do that too. My calendar link is down below. Uh, it'll round Robin to my three teammates. In fact, here's, turn the camera here. They are right behind me. Um, we'd love to do that with you. You know, we're all right here in our, for us, Colorado Springs office. Um, and we're here for you. We'd love to be, be a part of the way you're, you know, growing your business.
0: Got it. So I love that. It's the the context,
1: context Matt, correct. Context
0: matters for this. Yeah. Where you put it. It, You're not
1: going to put, you're not going to take a, um, you know, a, you know, my lighting right now isn't great. I'm not in my office. I'm, I'm at my dad's place and I'm just in the corner of a bedroom. And like, I'm not going to record a video here and put it up on the bomb bomb YouTube channel, unless the content's super amazing, but you know, I'm. but I've sent standing here at this desk in the past couple of weeks, I've had the privilege of spending some time with him. Um, I've sent easily 120 videos standing right here at this desk. Right. So it's, you know, you got to pick your spots.
0: And what are the spots then? What what are the ones you so, should? So I'll, I'll,
1: go, I'll go to the, where you should k- give extra consideration and extra effort, maybe okay. even extra budget, which is, I say, long shelf life, okay. um, high volume. Like, so, so if this is again, like a homepage video or, you know, an important YouTube video that's going to be on your channel and, and, and conveying this information for years to come. Right. Yeah. Um, large audience. Right. So this might be, um, you know, I've done both with the bomb, bomb newsletter. You know, we're sending that to about a hundred thousand people. Wow. And you know, sometimes I'll go ahead and produce a video, but a couple of times if like back when I was a one person marketing team, I'd get in a pinch. Now the the list, the audience wasn't that big at that time. But you know, when I would get in a pinch, I might just knock out a quick webcam video in my office, and no one replied and said, "Man, you know, what's this garbage? It, this right. looks like a webcam video." Instead of me taking my tripod and setting up my nice camcorder, my DSLR, and you know, getting out to one yeah. of the parks on the west side of town with a beautiful <laughs> mountain backdrop, you know, and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, um, so it's, but but you know, long shelf life, large audience high value right like is this a really important piece and so if it's a video for email and it's going to go to a lot of people or it's going to be a i'm going to put it in this email this email is going to go out every time x happens and x happens dozens or hundreds of times a day or a week yeah you might put a little bit of extra care into that you're not necessarily going to wing it you know um and you're not necessarily just going to do a simple underproduced thing you might like even sitting in your office here you know you might raise the camera up so i don't see the ceiling lights you might but you're yeah. you're nicely lit i assume there's a window in front of you
0: yeah
1: or off to the side there's a window you know, right in
0: front of me yeah yeah
1: there you go <laughs> that so, beautiful so, you know, natural light <laughs> totally i mean so, so you might you might fix some things up but you could yeah anyway point being um can't be
0: worried about the the lights now
1: <laughs> no, no no it looks great so like like only if like if you if you 're just going to reply or reach out to five or ten prospects, there you would, go, yeah, that would look
0: really good, wow,
1: yeah, anyway, um you know it's like i 'll broaden this out this isn 't just about this is about any effort you 're undertaking, how yeah. much time should I put into this, and then you flip it over and say what 's the impact right, and so you know the higher return, the more you can invest in terms of in terms of time and resources, the same thing you know if we wind up getting into tech touch versus human touch, right? Like Mm. when do I have a human reach out and when do I let an automation handle that instead? It's like, it depends. How important is, is the impact? How often does it happen? How have people responded in the past, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, there are places where lightweight isn't just appropriate. It's actually better.
0: Right. Would you, and you mentioned automate, would you, could you drop some of these into like a drip campaign?
1: hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So, um, you know, and so an easy tip there is, you know, what is the trigger for this initiation, right? Like if it's the start mm. of a drip sequence, what are the three rules or six rules in your database that are going to trigger the initiation of this? And how closely can you speak to that one person who's getting it? Is it going to go to a, a hundred or a thousand or 5,000 people? Yeah, it is. You know, if this, if this, if the criteria is met and it keeps triggering, 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 people are all staggered in it, like a drip campaign. Yeah. Um, but you're going to speak to that one person and where are they at the time? Typically, you're going to have a drip campaign when people are transitioning from one place to the next, right? Um, from free trial to new customer or from person who downloaded the guide into person who should be uh on an appointment, or you know, um, person who is signed to join our team as a new employee but hasn't yet started what are the 3 to 5 most common questions they have and can i address you know one or two or three of those with a video and blend in that campaign to mix it up that's another thing too is i'm not going to i'm not going to tell you that you need video for every single piece of communication in fact right. like anything else if you were trying to set appointments with your prospects and all you did was call them on the phone, you didn't text them. You didn't email them. You didn't send any direct mail. You didn't run yeah. any retargeting ads. You just kept picking up the phone and like, call, 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 call. You know, that's not a winning formula. You need to mix right. it up because different people yeah. prefer different channels. And and I would say the same thing with videos, you know, you can't overdo it as well. And so you just need to, again, pick the spots where like, where's their emotion or subtlety or nuance or, you know, some of those really wonderful, connective human experiences that are lost when you go to faceless digital typed out communication. Where can you explain something a little bit more clearly just by talking in layperson's terms and, right. and set people at ease? Um, where do you want to have people feel like they know you before they meet you? And so you pick some of those spots to inject some video. And going back just to close this down, to answer your initial question yes, yeah. you can record a simple video or even produce a video, put it into drip emails, one, three, four, and seven. Okay. Um, and it can be really effective for all the reasons we've already kind of discussed.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, another another challenge I have for you. I feel like I'm just lining you up at the firing range. Please. I want to really ma- mash out these sort of follow-on myths. It's almost like people get the video as powerful, but then there's all these other things and one of the thoughts that can come to mind when I'm feeling a little cynical or you know a little snarky and I don't have that abundance mindset, I can sometimes get to the, the think about, well, am I being authentic or how but what if I get perceived as like being cheesy? And do you get perceived as like I'm sending you a cheesy video or
1: yeah. So good great question. Perfectly yeah. fair. And that's a that's a really human reaction. Okay. So I'm gonna go really big and then we'll get really specific. Sure. Really big is um this is this, all of this is about vulnerability. It's Uh about fear of judgment and ultimately fear of rejection. And I don't mean this in an immediate sense. Like, um, are they not going to take me up on my call to action? Are they not going to click my link? (laughs) Are they not going to schedule with me? Are they not going to return my email? Like whatever the case may be, like whatever you're asking them to do, whatever opportunity you're creating, I'm talking much, much bigger. I'm talking like lizard brain, (laughs) <laughs> like, am I going to get kicked out of the tribe? Like none of yes. us wants to be judged and none of us wants to be rejected. And so that's what's going on here. And it ultimately comes down to, am I good enough? Am I going to be accepted? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's like I know we're at a Tony
0: Robbins event or something yeah, you know, at this point. Totally.
1: I know it sounds soft, but that is the really underlying thing there. And so if you have confidence in yourself, if you have sincerity about what you're offering as a salesperson or a marketer, this is a 100% winning play. Some people think they need to be a, a video person, right? This is just basic growth mindset stuff. Right. I'm not a video person. I like to flip that and say, or not flip it, but at, tack onto it. I'm not a video person, dot, 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 yet, right? So, um, a lot of a people think person, they, do you mean like,
0: I, I'm not, I don't
1: have a dynamic personality. I'm right. not the well, kind of person. You know, I have a face play. made
0: for podcasts, not for, uh, right. The kind of thing. Yeah. Right,
1: But this goes back to what you said before. I am going to be at my best. I'm going to be most effective. I'm going to build rapport better. I'm going to have people not forget me. Not yeah. again, not because I have some big boisterous personality necessarily, but because of who I am, period, period. Yeah. Um, one of one of our more prolific senders, he sent about seventy five hundred videos. Really soft spoken guy. a real estate agent in Oklahoma City. Super casual, mellow, you know. And he sent seventy five hundred videos. And I and I say a couple things here. One, you don't send seventy five hundred videos if they're not effective. True. But True. what what do you do in your life seventy five hundred times that is not you know constructive? Besides maybe gamble if you have a compulsive personality, right? Like, so, so from, from a sales and marketing tactics standpoint, you don't do anything 7,500 times if it isn't better than what you were doing before. Right. And you don't get to 7,500 videos if it's not quick and easy, which goes back to this idea of, you know, the more you tell yourself that the only way to proceed is with um, lights and scripts and budgets and, and maybe even actors, not actors, but like someone assigned to deliver this video besides me, um, you're never going to get there because it's just too slow. You need to be able to just hit record, say what you need to say, stop, send. Right. And so, um, are some people going to say, I don't like this? Yes, I hear it all the time. Some people treat video like it's a, a parlor trick or a gimmick or a, I say, again, as I said, video is not a strategy or a tactic to me. It's just another way to communicate your message. So right. if you accept this idea, this is a really common thing now, especially if you spend time on LinkedIn or listening to podcasts. It's like, it's not B2B, it's not B2C, it's all h to h it's all human to human. That's what this is about. This is about you leading with your very best sales asset, which is you. That's how that's how we connect to brands and companies. You know, it's like I'm right now in the process of evaluating some cars, and I, you know, I'm a big Consumer Reports guy, so I know what I like, I know what I'm looking for. There are costs and benefits and What trade-offs. are you
0: looking for?
1: Um, I'm looking at any advice you have here would be great. I'm looking at a, a Volkswagen Golf All Track, okay, which Consumer Reports like. They currently gave the new one like an 82 or an 86, something like that. And I'm looking, of course, at a Toyota Prius, which is by far the responsible decision in that it gets double the miles per gallon. Right. If you look at their 10 year chart, it's all greens. Like this thing is just insanely reliable and gets great gas mileage, but it's not going to be very fun to drive. It doesn't have high clearance, which can be useful for us in like, you know, inclement weather and, and a lot of the trails that we have in Colorado. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's, but the sales rep has so much effect on me and I know it, like I know it like it's a professional. I'm like, I know I should not be affected so much by how professional the response is. Yeah. And I'm not going to say which is which, but one of them, and I'm really tossed up on which vehicle is the right one for me and my family. And both of them are decent deals, but the sales rep is significantly clouding one of the opportunities. I'm like, doesn't respond in a timely manner. Is it clear oh. his communication? Like doesn't make me, you know, doesn't, well, he just doesn't walk me down the yes, yes, yes trail. He's like so casual and yeah. lacks attention to detail. And I'm like, gosh, what do I, you know? How much can I let this guy affect my decision? Anyway,
0: well, I Googled it, man. That, that nice white golf all track on top of a mountainside. It's looking good, man. It's looking right? good. But,
1: but then when I get real, I'm like, I'm driving this to work and I'm driving up to Denver sometimes. And you know, oh, you gotta- you're in
0: Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, snow over there sometimes, you know? I know. These, these are
1: the things I'm working out.
0: Drive, man. You got to get that. That looks good. Okay. I, t- I took you on a sidetrack though. It's so good. You're shopping cars. So what is the whole, was the, the challenge? The point there
1: is like the, like the salesperson, when I say yes, part of what I'm saying yes to is who you are. Right. Product, service, terms, conditions, price, warranty, all this stuff matters. But ultimately, when people say yes, they're saying yes to who you are. So as you are listening to this podcast, whether you're in sales or marketing, you represent a product or a service. And when people yeah. say yes, it can be a macro yes. Like, so for me, it's going to be the signed contract and, and payment. Or it could be a micro yes, which is, again, scheduling an appointment, returning a phone call, clicking through and filling out your form, initiating that, that free trial or whatever the case may be. There yeah. are micro yeses and macro yeses, and people have said yes to you. And part of what they're saying yes to is who you are and the trust and rapport you built. So why hide behind the keyboard when you can get face-to-face earlier and more often?
0: why hide yeah but i'm glad you went there to the vulnerability because my my follow-on question is you mentioned you just gotta have a little courage what is your recommendation for people you know i i heard hit record and go and
1: um and that comes from and that comes from surveying Hundreds of our most successful customers okay. intermittently over the past several years, and they invariably say something like just do it. The, the most aggressive way is get over it or get over yourself. The The softest way is work through it, right? You need to work through your own stuff around it. And so um, specifically, it's you need to practice. This is a new skill. As my co-author Steve Passanelli likes to say, there was a day When all the sales reps showed up at the office, I don't know how long ago this was. I don't know my history that well. It could have been 100 years or 120 years or something. when All the salespeople showed up at the office for the sales meeting, and they all turn around to go about their day, and there are phones on all the desks. They're like, what is this? What am I supposed to do with this? I don't sell by telephone. What is this new device on my desk? I'm used to walking into people's offices and handwriting letters to people and like, you know, Right, and so that there, this is behavior change. This is a, um, it's a new skill, right? So you're not going to pick up the French horn, or pick up a lacrosse stick, or pick up a book on uh, the Mandarin language and instantly master it. It's just a (laughs) fool's errand to even entertain the thought, right? Just like you know, you're not going to learn to ski by reading a book about skiing and looking at pictures of people skiing, right? So you need to practice, and by practice, I don't mean act like you're recording the video. I mean you actually have to record it. And I don't mean record the video and don't send it. I mean record and send the video. I mean, this is a classic one. Of course, I go to a lot of conferences and I see a lot of video presentations, not just the style of video we've been talking about here, but you know all kinds of video. and what a lot of people love to do, and I love it too. It's super entertaining is they'll bring out they'll scroll down to the beginning of their YouTube channel, Seven years ago and play their first video, and it sucks, yeah. you know like like it shows how bad the technology was at the time, it shows how little they knew about the technique at the time, it shows how um uncomfortable they were, or how much less comfortable on camera they are now than they were then and it's the, it 'd be the exact same thing for me when I started we didn 't even have a live video recorder because again internet a we hadn 't built it, and b internet connectivity was not such that it could reliably sustain a live ingestion of a video at any decent quality. And so I had an old flip cam. I don't know if you remember that, but it was like four times thicker than your iPhone
0: yeah. and about
1: a fraction of the quality. And, uh, and then you like flip out the little arm and plug it in by USB and offload your videos onto your laptop and upload them and whatever. They sucked. Yeah, did, the resolution was bad. I was uncomfortable. I wasn't quite sure where to put the camera. But I'll tell you what, my eighth video was better than my second one. Yep. And my 80th was better than my 20th and my eight thousandth was better than my two thousandth.
0: Have you have you gone back and seen your first one? Can they I find tr- it?
1: Honestly, no joke. And I've tried. I, I, if I put an engineer on it, if I felt like it was important (laughs) enough to distract someone, I think I could, but honestly, my account has over 8,000 videos in it and I use multiple accounts. So I, again, over somewhere over 9,000. And, um, so when I scroll, you know, what BombBomb does in order to make that video page load quickly is, Mm -hmm. you know, it populates the last 10 or 12. Right. And then, you know. You scroll and automatically queues up the next one, so you can imagine yeah. how long it's going to take to get down to eight. Get an 000. intern
0: to scroll back on that for you. <laughs>
1: totally, totally. Like four hours later, like
0: ah. Uh... <laughs> and then the browser freezes up, and they have to re- restart.
1: Yeah, yeah. but yeah, not- but, it, but you know, oh, even it, sorry. Anyway, even in the even in the YouTube channel, or I started a Flickr account back in the day because I was using Flickr personally. So I lit one up for the company. I just lit up all the social channels when I came on. Um. You can see some ugly old videos. Sure.
0: And I think back to, I haven't looked at it, but I probably should for giggles. Go look back at the first podcast I ever did. There
1: exactly. you go. Perfect. Go look back at the first fill in the blank. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. First email you sent, the first anything you did. It yeah. Probably a little kludgy. And then you totally. kept doing it and you kept doing I- it. I love that advice from other successful customers. Get over it. Just do it. Or in the commerce side, hey, work through it. You got this yeah um get and and I, I do and like no to- and,
1: and accept that that's a normal part of the process yeah. like what aspect of our lives do we think we can do something of the first time and just be amazing right like like it's just so unreasonable, so why do we do that here, likewise, in terms of working through it, you have no problem showing up for an appointment. Do you think about it a little bit in advance? Sure, do you maybe check yourself in the mirror before you go into that meeting or that appointment that really matters? yeah, totally you do. Yeah. But while you are conversing or presenting or you know walking through the proposal, you're not all in your own head, like, "How does my voice sound right now?" Oh, I just said, "Um, I better you know ask to undo that sentence and redo it like all the silly stuff <laughs> like, that out yeah, yeah, like if you ran into a client in a parking lot or in the produce section of your grocery store and they were like, "Hey, how are things going or hey i 've been thinking about something related to your business. Can you tell me more about it yeah you 're not going to like um hold on i 'll get back to you <laughs> or like you know turn around and then turn back around again like, okay, Hi. Okay, I meant to do it this way yeah right so it 's like you're a competent professional. People have said yes to you. You know what is going on yeah. you 're sincerely convinced that you have a solution that 's of value to people, and you 're open to discovering whether or not it 's appropriate for this specific person like why do we think that because we don't normally see ourselves and hear ourselves that it's any different than what we're doing today on a zoom call or on a phone call or in person. It's not.
0: How does, how does customer service and CS, how how does this fit into it? Because, you know, we were talking earlier, just the whole idea of that, that whole journey, you know, so we've got sales potentially starting to use video. We've got marketing thinking about it and, and maybe not even as it pertains to video, but the, you're getting marketing and, and customers, you know, after the the deal is signed, you know, not just dropping yep. off the cliff there. What's your take on that these days?
1: Yeah, I am on, on my podcast. I had a great guy from a company called swim lane up in Denver. And one thing that he does is he'll often get the the salesperson and the CS person, or even the CEO that he, sometimes he can get the CEO to do a personal welcome video for that transition from I've, I've made the commitment. I've signed the contract And, um, you know, on, on the company side, you want to, you know, try to wash out any buyer's remorse whatsoever Uh. and still feel like you're in good hands. And so you can do the video with, um, uh, the salesperson and the CS person where they introduce, like, this is your new account manager, um, or again, an executive sponsor. I, I've heard this story too, is that you can match, the executive sponsor to the type of person. So like if you're signing up CIOs and and VPs of infotech and whatever else, maybe you get your most equivalent person uh, to do a welcome like yeah. that kind of a thing, like to like, we are going to do this together. From the practical like support and service side, you know, again, from the marketing and sales side where I prescribed and it's not genius. So I'm not that great, but, um, basically logical, um, You know, think about the frequently asked questions. And so what are the five most common support tickets or inquiries that your team, that your support and service team gets record a video with the answer or even a walkthrough or an explainer and you have it at hand. And so you still field that phone call or you still take that email, but now you can follow up and say, here's the video. And the cool thing about the video is they can watch it multiple times. Right, mm-hmm. So if they need someone else to know that solution, not just can you send it out to four people today who wondered about that and two people tomorrow and eight people the day after and all that, even though you only made the two-minute video once, you can use it over and over and over and over and over yeah. again because it's your third most common support request. But in addition, each person can watch it over and over again on the recipient side or even forward it to other people on their team that need to know the same uh, answer the same question. And so that's one way. And that's that can deal where you use it once and you continue to get mileage out of it. Right. Um, and, and then another way too, is like, especially after a support call, we like to, and almost all of our reps do this and they enjoy it and they get great responses from it. Um, and then I'll give you one more after this. They just yeah. follow up like with whatever your prescription was. Hey, it's Ray with BombBomb. Bomb. I just want to say thanks so much for reaching out to us. Sorry again that you had that really interesting and confusing experience. I know we walked through. it. I just want to remind you of the two things that we left the call with. You need to be doing this. And, um, and uh, this is another thing that you might uh, think about. Right. Um, if you ever need anything, we're all here for you. Take care, have an awesome day. And so it's just that extra touch that reminds them, right? Because, yeah. pro- you know, the call might've gone long and like, I need to run away. And I kind of forgot about the details. And it, and it shows this level of care. The interesting thing about the style of videos, you cannot fake the time and attention. Mm-hmm. You cannot fake that. Hey, Casey, I want to thank you for the time on the call today. And I sent you a 54 second video where I basically did what I just said. You can't fake that. And that is a level of care and attention that allows the customer to be seen and heard. And again, to go macro level, that is all any of us want as human beings. I need to be seen. I need to be heard. I need to be understood. That's it. That's why we wear the clothes we wear. That's why we drive the cars we drive. That's why we you know, do the things that we do is like, I need to... Um, build an identity, hopefully develop an identity for myself, have other people validate it, recognize it, participate in it, help me evolve it. Like I need to be seen and heard. I need to be in connection with other human beings. And so that little gift of time and attention, that's the extra piece is super, super valuable. And it's what takes someone from you know, there, uh, I read an awesome book recently called *The Effortless Experience*, and it's a deep, deep CS analysis of over 97,000 customer interactions, and I think hundreds or potentially thousands of um, uh, CS executive and, and practitioner interviews. And um, you know, any contact with your customer support team is far more likely to result in disloyalty than in loyalty. A lot of people think that, um, you know, if I can just get this customer on the phone, it's going to be a good thing and I forget what the factor is, I'm going to make it up. It's something like you're four times more likely or eight times more likely to create disloyalty than loyalty because there's so many ways for it to go wrong, which leads me to the last thing I'll share here is, um, and and this came when I was interviewing um, a couple people for, our book, which again is rehumanize your business. Subtitle is how personal videos accelerate sales and improve customer experience. So I did a few CS interviews around it. And one of the key things I heard was, and that was reinforced in this book, the effortless Is people hate to feel like a number. They hate mm-hmm. the generic pat response. They hate that, you know, kind of canned corporate feel. And so again, they want to be seen and heard. This is my problem. It's real, or this is what I need help with. This is where I'm confused or stuck or frustrated. And so, The key thing here is the ability to manage the tone, right? Mm. Like this happens with, with our customers. They think they've, uh, let's say worst case scenario, they think they've canceled their account. Uh, but somehow they get billed again. That sucks. That sucks for them. And it sucks for us. Right. And it, and it's, and it's an honest mistake, but like they're angry in a lot of cases, like, Hey, you just hit my card for another 89 bucks and I canceled this thing a month ago. What are you, you know, fill in the blank, such bleep, but the most extreme. So the ability to just get back and say, hey man. I am so, so sorry. You did everything you were supposed to do and we let you down. Uh, We identified a a system failure. You were one of actually four people affected. So I need to follow up with three other people on the same thing. I am so sorry that is not the way we operate. Um, You know, we have already issued a fix. We've already issued the refund as well. Um, You know, plus we've got a $10 Starbucks gift card on the way. Um, You know, thanks for bringing it to our attention. Sorry Mm. you had to go through that. Sorry you had to take, you know, a couple minutes and leave us that angry, angry voicemail or send us that super pissed. <laughs> You're about to anyway, regret. <laughs> again, again, hey, we messed up. Yeah. We're, we're normal people. We are imperfect, uh, but we're, you know, we have your best interest at heart. Right. We're solid human beings. We're doing the right thing. And, uh, and we're sorry that you suffered through it. The idea is like reading the words thank you or I'm sorry in a typed out email kind of helps. But again, when you type out any message in the plain black text on the plain white screen, you're leaving it completely to the recipient as to how they want to read that message. Did they just have a great win? Did their kid just hit a home run? Did they just get chewed out by their boss? Did they just meet their miss their, right. their quota and they missed their bonus that they were counting on because they booked that vacation, anticipating the bonus? Like and there's yeah. like you know, did the dog just run away? Like, you know, you're completely leaving it to the or or is this the kind of person who just gets up on the wrong side of bed every day? I know some of those people. Um, you know, so you're so you're leaving it to chance. So this allows right. you in all circumstances, not just CS, this allows you to control the tone. And in the case that it's a positive one, there's no confusing how sincere you are in your excitement or or enthusiasm or sincerity or on the on the bad side, how regretful you are or how sure. concerned you are or, or all these other types of things.
0: Yeah, the context and tone don't come across in, in black and white, whether it's a text message or an instant message or an email, you don't, you don't have that there. You know, even the way you described it, I love that we can, we can talk about video and then it, it somehow turns into a conversation about like self, self-worth and yeah. confidence and- quality.
1: Well, that's all this is. It's just a way yeah. to package what's best about the way we communicate. Again, we've been on two feet for millennia. Yeah. hundreds of thousands of years, and almost that entire time, just until the past handful of generations, we've exclusively communicated eye-to-eye, face-to-face. Right. And, and, and it's only been, especially the past 25 years or so, that we've really broken it off and allowed time and distance to get on our way and to think that these electronic tools are the solution to all of our problems. And, you know, tools are meant to be used appropriately, and you now have video available, to, to communicate more clearly, to connect more effectively, and ultimately to convert at a higher rate, again, micro conversions and macro conversions, why not put that back into the mix and restore a little bit more of a, a personal touch to the work that you do? And the upside is it's also a more satisfying way to work. I hear that all the time as well. It's like, this makes what I do fun again. This reminds me of why I got into sales. This allows me to feel more connected to what's otherwise a name in a database. You know, right. it's like, it, it's, because again, it's about relationship, and that's what we thrive in. Even introverts like myself may not come through, but I draw more energy from solitude than I do from group settings. Although I do love a group setting now and then, and I love sure. one-on-one conversations. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I still thrive in connection with other humans. I still thrive in relationship. I prefer having dinner with three close friends than you know a, a twenty-top party you know like that's yeah, not yeah. as as preferable for me but regardless of how that manifests itself on the on the spectrum of introversion to extroversion or any other measure of human personality or tendency or likelihood um ultimately we come to life in connection with other people and so that's what this is about it's just yeah but it starts to look like a marketing tactic or a sales strategy or something like that. And like, if we just walk it back to what it really is, I think it becomes less threatening and more inviting.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you can't fake it, right? We can't fake that time and attention like you're saying. And if you do care and your company cares, then that comes through, but if you don't care, that may come through as well. Exactly.
1: That's so fun. I love that you went there. That's one of the cautions that I'll often throw out in a slightly flippant way that people always respond to favorably like, oh, ha, ha, that's cool. Um, which is, again, if you are not sincere about the value that you're offering, if you're not, don't do video because your lack of sincerity or excitement or honesty uh, will come through. With And again, this goes to Hundreds of thousands of years of human brain training where we're constantly scanning to say, Can I trust? Can I trust? Right. Can I trust? Is this person kin? Is this person tribal with me? Is that, you know, all of the, like all the things that our brains do automatically through right. constant, you know, iteration, iteration, like millennia of iteration for us to be able to evaluate these situations. So when there's even a minor disconnect between see and say, like this like the again, micro expressions and those kinds mm-hmm. of things. If you wanna get into like, you know, interrogators and FBI people and stuff, you know, the things that they're looking for is like they're just more attuned to those minor discrepancies in what we're saying and the way that we're saying it. Right. Um, but we all do it. We're just it, it just doesn't say to us, you know, for an FBI interrogator, it's gonna be like sirens and alarms. For us <laughs> it's gonna be like, huh, I'm not so sure about that yeah, guy.
0: Something about that was off.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the inverse is, you know, that in like that three seconds, like the minute we got onto our call earlier this week yep. and like, hey, let's get acquainted and talk about our conversation. Instantly I'm like, man, I like this dude. Right? Yeah, like yeah. right away. And so I think most if you're listening to this podcast, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you're gonna tend to be that kind of person. Uh, that people are gonna be survived this long.
0: And probably, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and just like, you know, you wanna improve yourself and and yeah. you know, you're you're directly or indirectly part of this community, you're probably a pretty straight up straightforward person who's looking to improve himself or herself and, you right. know, uh, win the right way. And so, um, you're probably going to be fine with video if you're listening to this podcast.
0: Yeah. I'd, I like That's a good tip. You're, you're probably fine. This isn't the, uh, the black hat SEO podcast, right, right? Totally. Right. These aren't scammers listening to the yes. show. These are like marketers and salespeople and other folks who just right. really want to learn and improve and connect, connect with people for sure. Uh, I, this, you're right. So cool I, to chat with you. Like, who are you? Where did you come from? How did you become this, this sage and all knowing video? Uh, I,
1: I love that it comes across that way as yeah. you, I, I, you know, it's like a lot of people perceive us as a, uh, like an overnight success. Um, it's funny. So, um, I was in local television for about a dozen years, um, running marketing inside local ABC, NBC, Fox affiliates. I did it in Grand Rapids, Michigan in Chicago and, and out in Colorado Springs where I live now with my wife and my son. And, um, it was super fun. I ran essentially an in-house agency for the television station. It's programming, it's website, it's social, et cetera. And it was a pretty fun job. And there's a real art to writing, producing, and editing spots and campaigns. Like okay. this, this yep. art form of like, how do I take this two-minute news story and turn it into a 15-second promo that's like super compelling that I have to right. be there for?
0: Clickbait. yeah.
1: Right, right. Said, yes, totally. But yeah, there are a lot of ways to go about that. Just like there are a lot of ways to go about sales and marketing, so um, you know it was fun. It was interesting. Um, I enjoyed the the art of it. I enjoyed the creating part of it in particular. I learned a lot about leadership. But you know, I knew I was done. Like when I took the job at Colorado Springs, I was pretty much done already. But I, you know, when you've done something for you know eight years and that's your entire professional working experience, I use that experience to kind of parlay. Into the opportunity mm. to move out west just for fun. We didn't know anyone out there, but it's, you know I'd been out there camping and hiking in Arizona and Utah and Colorado, so I knew it would be a desirable place to live. And I liked the not too big, not too small size yeah. of Colorado Springs. It's manageable. It's an easy place to live. Great access to the outdoors. Like, awesome. And so um, when I got to the NBC station in Colorado Springs, I met one of the two co-founders of BombBomb. Bomb. Now he was still he was the internet sales guy at the TV station. He had co-founded BombBomb with another guy I met shortly thereafter. And as I was transition, as I knew I was transitioning out of my career, I was working on an MBA and I was doing project work for a variety of people, including the guys at BombBomb. And just, you know, I knew what they were up to. It was interesting. It was fun. They're awesome people. The core values were solid. Like I knew that whenever they could make an approximately competitive offer, and like the first probably 30 or 40 employees probably left a lot on the table. To join the company, because again, totally bootstrapped, friends and family yeah. money, growing on revenue and a, and a couple debt deals. Um, so it's not like we're sitting on sixty million in the bank and we're just like, <laughs> you know, right. throwing cash on, especially not in the early days. And so, um, and so, I just sat at it, first marketing guy, only marketing guy for about three or four years. And so I knew that I needed to. Um, and I'll kind of bridge into this evangelism concept a little bit so we can at least kind of check that box before we have to shut it down. Sure. But you know, I, I knew that I needed to, you know, we were working on product market fit. We knew what we wanted to do. Like the original the other co-founder, Connor McCluskey, the guy I met at at the NBC station was Darren Dawson. Connor was selling billboards or outdoor advertising. Nice. And he knew that he knew that he had grown his list. Like a junior sales executive, you know, got or a junior sa- account executive. You know, got handed enough accounts to keep the lights on and gas in the car tank and, it, and was very effective at it. So really winning personality and, and was really clever about the way he was approaching the business and, and proving value to people. And so, um, you know, he grew his list to the point where he couldn't stay in front of everybody. As often as he wanted to, so he imagined what if I could reach out on contract renewal or follow up after appointments or say happy birthday or yeah. show someone their board is finally up along the interstate and, and thank them again for their business like all these huh. little things like because you know he was only working the Pikes Peak region, but you know some of his clients were two or two and a half hours away by not car, not sure. some of them were buying regionally on behalf of a brand, but you know buying through him locally, and so you know he couldn 't stay in front of people, so he had this imagination. what if I could just send videos and emails so he'd put together a prototype blah blah blah. So I knew, so we had this idea and we had a variety of people using it. When I started, we had a few hundred customers and as we were growing, I was just made it a point to understand who are these people. And so did, so did everyone in the company really like, what are we doing here? How are we, how are we, we know what we think we're doing, but how are we actually providing value? And so I was writing blog posts and, um, success stories based on my own usage of it and in through customer interviews and of course if you're using video it's easy to get a video testimonial or a story or to demonstrate how you're actually using the product and so I spent years sharing how other people and how I was using it as well and how other people in the company were using it just to develop this concept that there's a better way to work. It's more effective. It's more personally satisfying. And it's in relationship with other people by replacing some of your plain typed out text with simple videos that don't require all the things you think you need. Right. And so this is a story that I was developing for years. And so, um, you know, got to a point last year. I always knew I was going to write a book. I just didn't know what it was going to be about and who mm-hmm. it was going to be for. At first, I thought it was going to be kind of the story and the travails and the, you know, the perseverance required to bootstrap a company sure, to it changes you know, right to one like yeah. million dollars and all these things, right? But but you know, when I thought about it, I was like well, you know, I'm. It's not that I don't care about young company founders. I, it's awesome. I mean, that's this that is the source of life in America, people starting and doing their own thing and creating gainful employment and cool opportunities and solving new problems. But that wasn't like, I wasn't so in touch with it that I, that, that, that was the book I wanted to write. And also like, who do we think we are? What have we actually achieved? Like, you know, some level of success, but I still call us an awkward teenager. Like we've gone through some stuff. We know a little bit about a little bit, but you know, you know, one leg's still longer than the other and we're a little bit gangly and we have some, you know, maturation and, Stuff to do, and we don't know it all. So, anyway, so that book was like presumptuous to me and like not super exciting. And then I realized it just needs to be this story of there's a better way to do what we're all doing every day. You're doing something every single day, which is click typing it out and clicking send or post or share or whatever. And there are consequences to that that you may not even be aware of. And Mm -hmm. technology has come around to a point where there's a better way. And so, let me tell you what this is why it matters to you, why it matters to your customers, why it matters to your employees, and why it matters to every all of your stakeholders. Um, who's actually doing this? When are they actually doing it? Like right. when do I use video instead of text? Um, how do I actually do it? What are some of, the, some of the considerations? How do we do it? I do talk a little bit about BombBomb because that's my experience, but I also, you right. gonna get tons of how and how strategic stuff, no matter what tool you're using. Um, And then some advanced strategies like how to get more of your emails open, how to get more of your videos played, how to get more replies, responses, clicks, whatever you're looking for there. And then follow-up strategies. What do you do with those 175 people who open the email, but don't play the video? What do you do with those people to follow up and engage them? Right? Like the video reason. So we talked through some of that stuff, or what do I do if I, if, if, if I, if I send a video email to one person and and my alerts tell me they opened it they watched the video but they never replied or responded or clicked like what do i do with that opportunity so we go through nice. some advanced follow-up strategies That's as well. all so, the book? correct okay like, cool. so that's basically the outline of it and so i got super excited about that and um two things happened one i got enough buy-in from the company to take about 70 percent of my time to, to get this thing written um late last year and i knew i had created this vacuum where i could pursue and do other things
0: right at
1: the same time um uh, i was able to do a guest podcast series on the flip my funnel podcast where mm-hmm. i was just personally interested in evangelism um and i knew sangram Vajre from terminus whose title is i think it's chief evangelist but he calls the himself accidental e- evangelist. exactly exactly yeah. so um he was like hey i'd be happy to do that interview with you but if you get three more people i'll run it as a guest series and so i got guy kawasaki Who is the original evangelist at Apple? Yeah. um, their first and last evangelist, which he was fun, kind enough and humble enough to point out. Like I don't know that I did that well because they never put another one in that position. (laughs) Um, And he also is he's the current chief evangelist for Canva. I got Dan Steinman from Gainsight, which uh, the company that wrote the book on customer success. Nice, and uh, and I got Davis Bitsky, who is the chief evangelist uh, at Amazon for Alexa and echo. He was their very first employee in the voice division. He's a developer guy. And so um, I got this picture of what this means and like just totally fit us. And so I haven't fully brought to life the vision that I collected by talking with all four of those guys, which include characteristics like removed from operations, right? You can't be in the day-to-day. This is about bringing the outside, like what's going on out in the world and bringing that into the company and taking what's going on inside the company and evangelizing out into the world. Um, it's about, there's no, none of them had clear metrics or, or, or anything. So it's a little bit amorphous and you have to have trust from the executive team that, that this person is actually providing value for the company, which Mm -hmm. I have, and these other guys had with their, with their, you know, team members. Um, it involves. This is the most important one. It's about the problem, not about the product. And so, notice through our conversation. I'm not doing this intentionally. I'm doing it out of sincere excitement about this opportunity for people. Like, yeah, I represent the company, but I'm talking about things that anyone listening can employ, however they wish. There are a number of tools out there. You can. There's a bunch of DIY stuff. You, if you are using some video, and you maybe pick up a few new ideas, you can incorporate them into what you're doing. It's like I am deeply excited about mm-hmm. the idea that we're going to make a better way to buy and sell and work and live. If more of us take just take a little bit more care to be a little bit more personal, it's going to be a better world. Like that, ex- the exposure of face-to-face, eye-to-eye, message-to-message, I see you, I hear you, I understand you. Um, It's just going to be better. And so that's what drives me. And that was, you know, a motivating force to like, decide to write a book when no one was asking for a book you know we've done hours of video training like we demonstrate it we show it like what are you going to get by reading a book feedback is a lot it's you know it's useful for people and so that's my excitement about and that's what evangelism is about it's like in a formal role it's not super Mm -hmm. common um it's more common in tech than than really any other vertical or industry sure um And because it's about this, there is a new way and a better way. So what Dan Steinman from Gainsight said was, um, if your company is actually innovating, you have to be evangelizing. Mm -hmm. And if you look at this opportunity and you and you can't have someone in a position that says, "Hey, everyone, this is what's going on now, but there's a better way, and here's what that looks like." If you can't tell that story, then you're probably not innovating. And if you're not innovating, he questions the, the long-term potential for what you're doing. I mean, right. and you, not everyone has to be like crazy cutting edge with their business. There are a lot of people that need really basic problems solved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you just happen to be a, a competent, warm person who honors all of her or his commitments to the customer. They refer you, they like you and you can create a great business without innovating constantly. But you know, especially in tech, if you are innovating, you need to be telling that story. And so mm-hmm. I realized through those conversations, which were released throughout the month of March uh, earlier this year, that several of us, and this is another thing Dan said, you're probably doing this by default. And, it, and it's, you know, your co-founder and your CMO and your VP of sales and your, um, you know, your director of customer success are all kind of doing it because those are the people right. that are, Taking the speaking engagements or whatever you're kind of doing this, but I think the most important thing, if you actually care about the problem you're solving, even more than you care about the transactional upside uh, of taking a stage and just hard selling your product, Mm -hmm. um, it's just attractive and winning. You know, it's more of a value play than anything else, and that's how you build movement. That's how you build community, and that's how. and, And the sales are a consequence; they're a downstream consequence. You need to tap into something that lights someone up and says, Oh yeah, I, I do really win when I get face to face with people. And gosh, I guess I could use my webcam to do that. And even Mm -hmm. if you choose a competing product, you're not going to forget this conversation if that's what was the spark to do it, or you're not going to forget chapter five of the book where you got those three ideas that instantly improved your sales process or whatever, you know? So yeah. anyway, that's kind of the spirit of evangelism and how I arrived there. So, um, it was because I liked the guys. It was an interesting problem. It was fun. It allowed me to use my video skills, my personal photography, passion, mm-hmm. and my natural affinity for reading and writing. I've always been kind of a bookish type of person. So writing 500 blog posts was no big deal <laughs> no over deal. time. No big deal. No yeah. big deal. Right.
0: Uh, a book, Book's another story. I don't know. It sounds like you've survived that unscathed. I've got one coming out shortly on marketing automation. I've kind of experienced the same kind of energy just in, just sharing like this is marketing automation. This is how to use this thing. Work with me. Don't it doesn't even matter. Just don't not use this. Like just make yeah. sure you attack the problem. Um, but yeah, books are hard. Books can be really hard.
1: Yeah, and it's but it's like anything, right? If you if you're listening to this and saying like, oh yeah, I have been thinking about that YouTube strategy. I'm not necessarily gonna do that video and email stuff or video and social messaging stuff. Um you know, that's fine. But, you know, when you think about your YouTube channel and you want to have 50 videos up by this time next year, you don't need the script for your 37th video. Yeah. You just need to know what are the first three or four. And it's the same thing with a book. You start with a really good outline. Yep. And, and, and I, so I didn't write a 70,000 word manuscript. I wrote like a dozen, 3700 words. Word, what's that?
0: How many words do you remember?
1: Uh, I, yeah, it was, it was 70,000. But then my editor at Wiley was like, no, dude. 60 I can only take 60 and so that was it
0: killed it yeah, yeah yeah and
1: then Steve and I just got and it's a much better book for it actually oh, editing sure. is a big deal like the more you can and I say this for any process the more you can take away be simple and clear the better off you're going to be and so Steve and I put our head down and ripped 10,000 words out of that bad boy
0: it's true it's that whole Mark Twain quote of you know if I had more time I'd write a shorter letter um I, I had that same experience happen where you know I don't know where it, the number was close to the max or we'd contracted. Um, and uh kim took a first hit at, on my team at the manuscript and she murdered like 10 15, words <laughs> just and then i go through and i'm like okay yeah that was just me being you know murder 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 and it just got yeah but it's better right it's clearer it and then somebody else helped and i realized it's also it i mean it takes a whole team to do that it's not like a one man, uh, isolated event, especially, or woman, uh, especially if you're writing like a business book or something like that, because you just need all hands in it to be able to help, you know, tweak it and make sure it's optimized.
1: Yeah, it was it was killer. I mean, that was another recommendation from our editor at Wiley. His was more sales or, His motivation was more sales oriented. But the but the book is a thousand times better for mm-hmm. having Steve on as a co-author. It's like, so the proposal I put in is like I'm writing this book, and he gave a couple pieces of pushback on the proposal. So I revised it and put it back in front of him before he committed to do the project. And um, one of his pushbacks was, you know, who's your co-author? Is it your CEO? Is it your other co-founder? It's like it depends. What you know? What are we talking about here? It's like what the best way to sell a book is to speak. And so, who's your co-author? Because you don't doesn't sound like you travel and speak that much. And I travel and speak uh-huh. a lot more now than I did two years ago. But um, and, and so that was immediately with Steve. And again, we've worked side by side for years and and done so much teaching and training together already. Anyway, but yeah. it was awesome because you know I would work this Google Doc. I would just you know we had this outline. Yep. And we we did that with our editor too. And then, and then I would just write and Steve was right on my heels in this Google doc, like this story belongs here. Check out this article. Um, this would be a good statistic. There hasn't been a, a really good practical takeaway in, in, you know, recently enough. So let's add like a little framework or something that someone can take away just to kind of, you know, the trail that keeps yeah, you moving through I like the book that. that validates the effort. And all this. So he was like, You know, I was down in the trees, or what I'll use, forest and trees. Like I was down in the trees. (laughs) He was, you know, he was hovering right over the forest and could see it better. And was like reader advocacy and another point of view and like things that aren't clear or things that could be better. And and then of course internally we had a couple people that were, you know, that that really diligent personality that was a little bit like, is this clear enough? And then another layer of, is this actually? technically accurate you know not necessarily chicago style manual deal but like a straight proofreading
0: right did you always know i mean take take me back i mean you went to school for like psych right did you always know you're gonna come into something like this
1: no I, i had no idea i um i i was a student first and foremost did really well in high school did really well in college in terms of grades and showing up and engaging and participating was that like your thing growing up like yeah, I, I just liked school it was yeah. it was fun and easy and engaging for me and i really enjoyed it and so but you start getting those letters that are like hey what's your major dude what's your major what's your major right. and so i'm like okay i look at what i can do and so i could finish communication and psychology in in the four years time and so I start seeing these signs for the public relations club, you know, finally putting together that I need to figure out some gainful employment in a year and a half. Right. So I go back to grand Rapids from Ann Arbor that summer, uh, between my junior and senior years at the university of Michigan. And, uh, and so I I reach out to a bunch of TV stations and I end up getting an internship at the Fox affiliate there. And, um, that was the start of that. I mean, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't take any broadcast classes, even though I could have in the communication department. It was a hardcore kind of a like liberal arts program. They didn't like to do a lot of hands-on stuff. Um, right. whereas you could have gone, to, I could have gone to a school that was like a, at the time, like a radio and television school that was like, you know, you would get really familiar with all the equipment it sure. it's really practical and hands-on. This is more theoretical. And so, um, no, I didn't. And again, I just met these guys by chance. You know, I came out yeah. here um, you know, working another TV job, I did start exploring what else I could do. I'd encourage anyone to do that. And this isn't like side hustle type stuff. My side hustle has always been my job. My side hustle at BombBomb is BombBomb. Nice. You know, like, like I just go all in, like, and if you're not that excited about what you're doing, then you need to do what I did, which is build a reasonable bridge where you're exploring other opportunities. Um, and it could be starting a business. I'm not going to criticize anyone's approach, but for me, Um, I like to double down on what I'm doing. And if I, if I realize that what I'm doing, isn't the right thing for some reason, then I might pull up some stakes and start investing some of my time and energy and thought and emotion. And, and, you know, those, those, you know, those lunches and those coffees, who am I having those with? And, you know, uh, and it's going to start to look a little bit different. Um, so right now what that looks like is team members and customers and things where I'm just all in on what we're doing. Um. You know, if the day ever comes, you know you just kind of change it up a little bit so no i it all makes sense in hindsight, yeah, but i hadn't I had no real plan I mean I had no yeah, I had no real plan it's kind of role just, just, just show up every day, yeah. do the right thing, you engage with the people around you, you try to operate from a position of integrity, integrity, and thought word and deed, and it's pretty much just gonna work out, you know yeah you, you know and it, and if you can do things like identify your real skills and um, what really lights you up, and be honest with yourself about what you're not good at, and should I just kind of not do as much of that, or should I try to get better at that? And it's like, you know, this this you know building of your strengths versus overcoming your weaknesses, and you work some of that stuff out. I mean, um, I've had the privilege of a few coaches. I've never been um, you don't know, have like a life coach or a business coach or anything. But I've had, you know, some of the people I've worked for have been kind enough to invest in the leadership team and, you know, get some team dynamic work and get some one-on-one work and stuff where you start to think a little bit more about some of those things. But, Mm -hmm. you know, in general, I think just showing up every day, paying attention, listening, operating from the right spirit, not being just about yourself, um, staying focused really on the value to the customer, no matter your seat in the organization. Like, I just struggle to imagine that it's going to go wrong. it might always not might not always go the way you expect, but it should work out in the end right Not that bad things don't happen to people but,
0: but that still that is great advice, no matter what seat you're in, what department, how early or late you're in your career it's it's those are like principles you can you can live by
1: yeah. And they're no different than they were a hundred years ago. It's just the tech is different.
0: Tech is different. Hey, this is fantastic. Where can people connect with you? uh, Get more, more information on bomb bomb. Is there a free trial? All that throw some links
1: out at us. Yep. Um, if you want to reach out to me for any reason, you can hit me up on LinkedIn. It's Ethan Butte. Last name is B E U T E. You can email me Ethan E T H A N at bomb Um, you can try BombBomb free. Again, we make it easy to record and send videos, track your results from Gmail, from Outlook, from Salesforce, from Outreach, from our own web app, from two different mobile apps that we have, two each for Android two and two for uh, iOS. Um, that's, our whole, that's our whole goal. So you can try it free for two weeks. Just visit bombbomb.com. It's basically on every single page of the website. If you are interested in Rehumanize Your Business, um, Amazon's been having it over 40% off, which is crazy. Wow. Um, so it's like 16 bucks or 15 bucks, something like that, or even 14. I think that's at 14 and change. Um, you can find that at Amazon or you can go to bomb bomb. It's just the word bomb twice, dot com slash book. And if you want to have, hear conversations about creating better alignment between sales, marketing, and CS, in service of your customers, you can check out bomb bomb.com slash podcast called the customer experience
0: podcast awesome and you know I we you got me hooked up I'm on that trial now and and I'm actually excited to um, get my, my numbers of videos sent up and then chat again maybe sometime in the future catch up and talk about all the other things we, we don't even have time to talk about today and and I'll be able to kind of share with you the numbers I'll hit you send you an email I hit a hundred you know and awesome love it see what happens so I'm yeah, definitely please gonna, do. Gonna do that. You know, get that courageous mindset. Just go for it.
1: Yeah, and and what'll happen is if you send ten videos, I promise you're gonna get a couple replies and responses that let you know this is different. This is worth it. And to go to the soft side again, I am good enough.
0: (laughs) I am good enough. And that is a perfect. And you, sir, are good enough. You're great enough, actually. Um,
1: Thank you. You're yeah. yeah. It's been super fun. I love what you're doing, and um, it's a privilege to spend an hour with you.
0: Absolutely. And for everyone out there listening, if you've learned something, and I know you have, because I literally have two pages of notes over here. I've run out of paper. I'm running in like the margins and drawing and stuff over here. So um, share this with someone. Uh, be a thought leader, even to one person, and get this information out there on video, on the authenticity, um, all these things. And do check out Bomb Bomb and let me know. Send me a Bomb Bomb, send me an email. Um I love to get that and see what you're up to. But Ethan, thanks again, man. This has been fantastic.
1: Sure, thank you. And here's my call to action for for you and your listeners. Yeah. Um if you like this podcast, if you have heard several episodes and you've periodically heard um go leave a review and you've never done it, do it. It's super helpful to Casey and to the rest of the community. Um if if you find value in this, take a minute and just go leave them a review. You don't even yeah. have to like write anything if you don't want to. Just click the five star
0: that's it click the five star yeah boost that rating up there that's right it ferris yeah <laughs> that's awesome man i appreciate that for sure yeah i appreciate you awesome well thanks again and for everyone out there this has been the hardcore marketing show we will catch you all next time